What's up? It's your pal when she gets started kiss, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode we take a look at a fanfiction, or a collection of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. Finding content for this episode really tested my skills with the archive of our own filter, and there's a good chance I missed something super fucked up that I would have loved to talk about. Or probably, there's just too much fucked up stuff for me to squeeze into a singular Dickstar episode. After all, I do try to keep these around half an hour each, but we'll see. Because today we're doing Zootopia. And there's a lot of fic for this movie, because the furries got all over it. And I had to sort through their depraved fantasies as best I could. And they're less depraved fantasies and the not really depraved stuff, but that isn't nearly as fun to talk about. The Disney movies I've done so far have been stuff I watched as a kid and barely remember. But this came out in 2016 and I saw it in theaters, so it's much fresher in my mind. And honestly, that's worse in a way than having it be from my childhood and having it ruined, having my childhood ruined. I'd like to make an announcement before we start, and this will be the last regular episode before I do a four part series of special material for the 50th episode through one year anniversary of this show. And after that, I'm planning to go on a month long hiatus because, believe it or not, running this show is detrimental to my mental health, so let me continue to mentally damage myself for your entertainment, and well, mine too. This is entertaining for me, oh my god, by talking about some goddamn Zootopia furry porn. Now, ironically, the first thing we're going to talk about today is could be considered Jen. The fact that we rarely address on this show is that it's possible for a fic to be super fucked up without even being sexual. This isn't normal porn. It's torture porn. It exists solely to make the characters suffer. And sure, maybe people get off to it, but it isn't inherently sexual in nature. This fic was inspired by some fan art, and that's all I'm going to say about that, except that it seems much more common in this fandom than others I've covered for a fic to be based off artwork. And I ain't looking at that artwork because visual media is outside my domain. So we get a prologue, which involves post-torture and body modification Nick killing his surgeon, who's just laughing maniacally the whole time because he's crazy. And this author barely uses pronouns for Nick, which is really weird. They just say his name over and over. Maybe they just want to trill it into your brain that it's Nick getting all fucked up because that's sexy or some shit. I mean, drilling something into one's brain seems like something that could happen in this fic after all. So the first chapter really just walks us through his torture and his transformation step by step and he'll say first his paws were sawed off and then it'll go into detail and just repeat that format and there's a cut version of this where they took out all the descriptions so it's just like first his paws were sawed off insert torture porn here then they were replaced with steel prosthetics more torture porn and then he was scalped by the way those are all pretty close paraphrases of the actual first three kind of overview style lines including the torture porn in all caps I don't know why they decided to include a cut version. Like, who the fuck is gonna click on something that says this is torture porn and be like, oh my god, this is so graphic, I didn't see that coming. Basically, they just pulled him apart and replaced lots of his body parts with steel prosthetics and some of his organs have been removed. But it's the more non-essential stuff, like a singular kidney and half his liver, so yeah, he'll live. 
but they sold his body parts on the black market because you know it'd be that way sometimes but who the fuck knows why they were like you know what we should do make him super dangerous by giving him steel claws not really sure what the purpose for that experiment was outline your damn procedure and write a hypothesis rather unscientific of them i think the last chapter two is a flashback to nick getting captured and the police team investigating it's really unclear as to why they kidnap him but okay torture porn is torture porn and the moral of this story is that sometimes plain old violence does the trick when it comes to being fucked up and you don't need to have sex in it reminds me of the classic my little pony torture porn cupcakes which i did in episode 25 now it's back to your regularly scheduled program and the main reason i chose this next fic is because of how much this guy emphasizes the importance of sheep and for some reason i find that really funny i'm gonna read the summary a guy wakes up in a world surrounded by sentient animals and ends up falling in love with a certain sheep contains interspecies sex violent scenarios a sheep and sheep is capitalized for some reason, which I love. And I'm pretty sure the title of this fic, Sheep Thrills, is a pun on the phrase cheap thrills. I, this guy must really just like sheep, or, or maybe he just likes uh, Dawn Bigelweather a lot. But the premise going on here is that the narrator, and this is told from a first person perspective, was time traveling. He's supposed to go one year into the future, but the computer sent him to a year higher than it can count. I quoted that to a year higher than it can count. If the computer can't count, to it then how are you there i want to know more about their shitty computer because you know computers they can count way fucking higher than any damn human and i have trouble believing that the narrator got sent to the year infinity or some shit and i also don't get why he wasn't like i was meant to be time traveling way into the future not just one year the computer didn't even have to fuck up for this to work as a scenario but the point is that in the distant future they have zootopia and the narrator runs into judy right away and she's like yo i'm taking you to the police station you're not in trouble or anything though so I, the logic here though so humans have gone extinct thousands of years ago right uh, man that's a, a dumbass computer i would think that the computer would at least be able to count one million but i guess not it was trying to send him one year into the future not a fucking trillion or some shit i don't understand how it fucked up that badly so one of the animals here are like oh this is a mysterious species from the distant past we need to figure out how it got here and maybe study it or something and they're just like let's give him an id because we're just recognizing new species left and right and the actual wording is newly evolved species and i'm pretty sure that this guy doesn't understand that evolution occurs over millions of years instead of in a generation or whatever and i'm pretty sure also that there's a joke to be made about the dumbass computer and evolution taking place over a long time but i can't be fucked to write one for this comedy podcast so the narrator gets an id and he goes to live with judy why i don't fucking know she just takes him in out of the goodness of her heart he's like her maid or something but she kind of treats him shitty and eventually he gets fed up and, and leaves because that sounds legal you know leave your government assigned roommate who's also a cop fuck logic guys i don't know what this whole fic is like what what is even happening fuck logic but your boy no name narrator gets a job as a prison guard and he takes an interest in one of the inmates don the sheep who was so aggressively advertised to us in the title and the summary she gets out of jail soon after he starts his job and they go on a date i didn't realize that mayor bellwether's first name was don but that yeah that's who the sheep is they go to dinner in a movie classic day right there and they head back to her place or his place i don't remember but what happens is that she just runs at him with a knife for no apparent reason and they just struggle for a bit and there's this really weird line quote she was not the only one who wanted the other one stabbed though my kind of stab was more personal uh, uh, 
do you care to explain what makes a stab personal? It, it does depend on where you stab them. I'm guessing stabbing someone's genitals would be a little more personal than stabbing them in, in the hand or something. Or in the heart, that would be pretty personal, I think. Is it in the way you stab them? Like, maybe you cover their mouth and, and you say, I'm sorry, I have to do this, my love. And then you gently stab them? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that sentence was. But of course, the knife fight turns into sex, as, as knife fights do. And she's like, oh, that turned you on, huh? Uh, on the next morning, the narrator just sitting in the park had gotten laid off his job and he's just chilling out being homeless and Donna shows up and she's like hey you can move in with me if we have a lot of sex so yeah they go back and they have sex and here's some highlights quote our saliva mixing it in our mouths as our tongues played and swallowed it <laughs> what <laughs> interesting uh, phrasing there uh, I think and sheep titties there's sheep titties, or I guess you could say shitties. Squirting. Oh my god, there's a lot of squirting in this. And it says, her pussy expelling excess cum. Expelling! It has been leaking or anything. It sounds so forcible the way it's worded. Like, expelling cum is what a dick does, not a pussy. And she's like, oh, I forgot the condoms. I don't want to get pregnant. And he's like, we're different species. I can't get you pregnant. Love when they address safe sex. Uh, they didn't address STDs, but I'm guessing that sheep and humans can't get a lot of the same diseases. So yeah, that was our uh, human sheep porno. Some dude who gets sent more years into the future than a computer can count falls for an ex-con sheep who's going to stab him to death as foreplay only a matter of time before someone dies. So the next time you fuck up, just think to yourself, at least I'm not the computer from Sheep Thrills. Uh, I also, I looked at this author's profile. Uh, if I ever do another Pokophilia episode, I am coming back here. I read one where it's narrator x female Magikarp. Just that alone is enough to convince me that this man is insane and also amazing fodder for the show. Because he wants to fuck a fish. Anyway. And next one here is that's going to be our first Nick Judy fic. And they're married in this. Judy's a rabbit, right? So she has really high sex drive because you know, bunny isn't breeding. Am I right, guys? And Nick is good in bed and all, but he still can't satisfy her. Because what Judy really wants is a family. You know, they're different species, so it ain't gonna happen. But Nick doesn't want her fucking some random male rabbit. You know, the equivalent of using a sperm donor, but it involves actual sex. And she doesn't want to adopt it. Something a little fucky is going on. Nick and Judy go out to a jazz club and he wakes up the next morning super hungover. Nothing sexual happened here. Y'all have to wait for that. And he starts having some erectile dysfunction. And this isn't really a sex scene, but it's where they start having to go at it. But he just can't get it up. And there's some quotes. Luxurious fucks tongue. Luxurious to describe a tongue. Wow. To describe a vagina. Glistening pink rose. Wow, that was overdone. Please don't compare vaginas to flowers. And this person also loves to say manhood instead of just saying cock like a normal ass person. And more time passes, he starts noticing that he's been getting curvier and his voice is raising in pitch. And when he voices his concerns to Judy, she's like, yeah, you're a woman now, Nicole. So next morning, he wakes up tied to the bed and Judy's like, yeah, we're starting a family and you don't have to think about me fucking some other rabbit and get all jealous about it. Because I have a fox who's going to fuck you raw. And I don't understand this because she wanted her own biological children, but okay, whatever. And this fox who comes in, he never gets a name, but oh, 
boy, does he shoot a whole bunch of loads into that brand spanking new pussy. Meanwhile, Nick is eating out shooting to make up for his erectile dysfunction and whatnot, and he finally breaks down and succumbs to his inevitable fate of being bred. And then it just ends. Everyone in the comments is just like, oh, this is so fucked up. But I really expected it to keep going. It's what I'm used to, at least, because I've fucking read enough of these to have an expectation of where it should go. Oh, my God, what's wrong with my life? There, like, isn't even a conclusion. It just kind of just it just stops right when it was about to get really fucked up. And honestly, I'm, I'm underwhelmed by this. They could have taken this farther that it would have really been fucked up. So the setup for this next one doesn't really matter because it's just porn without plot, but this is told from first person perspective again. It's another human who's in the world of Zootopia for some reason. Like, damn, at least the sheep thrills person tried to think of an explanation, even if it was a really shitty one, but this person didn't. So the narrator here intended to expose Mr. Big's mafia, but instead ended up finding a traitor in their midst. So Mr. Biggs decides that he should be both rewarded and punished, and that reward slash punishment is to be raped by polar bears because fuck you that's why and all you know polar bears are coming up and they're surrounding him intimidating him and he tries to dissuade them with this actual fucking quote whoa 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 guys isn't this i don't know like a little gay <laughs> the rest of the exchange is as follows i still quote this got something against gays well when it's rape then yes i honestly love this little part oh my god and he's like you guys can't all be gay right and they're all like oh yeah we can and, and then one of the polar bears just straight up sticks his tongue his tongue not even his dick his tongue up our no homo bra narrator's ass and then of course you gotta have the anal sex in which the bear dick is so huge that it makes an outline in this guy's stomach because that's from people's fetish even though the anus is not an unlimited well of death that dick has to have penetrated his intestines which does not sound fun. Here's a quote. My gaping asshole flooding semen by the gallons. Gallons! <laughs> Do you know how much Kyle man ejaculates in his lifetime? About 14 gallons. But this guy's gaping asshole is flooding semen by the gallons. By the gallons. Oh my god. This fella gets spit roasted. He can feel the dick in his chest and he apparently just now loves to taste polar bear cum and man they do double anal penetration because you know one dick as long as man's forearm that's apparently so big that it makes an outline in your stomach that's not enough let's get two of those bitches up there finally the orgy stuffs you've got your cum inflation of course the narrator has succumbed to the penis the biggest guard kozlov takes him upstairs the narrator's all ready to pass out but he's like oh wait there be more dick for me i gotta stay awake kozlov dick is 16 inches and as wide as the narrator's bicep that is, that is even physically possible at this point this guy's ass is gonna get annihilated and of course the cum inflation is so much that not only does this guy look like he's about to pop that was a quote but it's coming up through his mouth and we've already discussed this in the christmas episode the human digestive tract is 30 feet long and i couldn't find a number for volume but some guy on reddit said that it's 15 gallons which is more gallons than the amount of cum that a man shoots out his dick in his lifetime i don't know how it is for polar bears but that's a lot well, that's, that's that thick. The narrator finds out that now he's got a job working for Mr. Biggs under the title of Cum Guzzler 
My God, y'all, people, man, I don't understand us. I don't understand why we as a species are like this. This next fic, it's a lovely little selection about someone's wolf OC. And I know, right, the instant you hear wolf OC, you probably recoil in horror, thinking that it was made by some edgy 13-year-old on DeviantArt and has rainbow fur or some shit. But it's a little different, because as you know, these animals are very civilized and they have, like, democratic elections. But when it comes to acting on their sexual perversity, they're apparently not civilized. So, uh, this wolf OC. Councilwoman Aurelina Kennedy. Fancy long name. She's running for mayor of Zootopia. Things are a bit rough and she hasn't been having an easy time exactly. So she's just chilling in some jazz bar and drinking. This is the second jazz bar in this episode. Like, is there an actual jazz bar that shows up in the movie or do furries just really like jazz? You like jazz? I bet the bee furries do. She finishes drinking and she loses the bar only to get kidnapped by none other than the crazy goddamn sheep lady who doesn't have the decency even to stab you personally. Hannity, she's freaking the fuck out. She doesn't know anything specific she did to piss off the sheep, but Dunn's like, yeah, this is a sedative. I know you're trying to give it to all us little prey animals so we stay subservient, so how about we try it on you and see how you like that? Even though the wolf has no fucking idea what this bitch is on about. And of course it's gonna be a sex crime come out because that medicine gets her all horny and submissive and uh, wolf titties guys wolf titties witties wolf titties the instant you give a female animal big tits you failed anthropomorphic animal design class and that just makes you a furry which i mean these guys have embraced that but there's just a psa for everyone else if you give an animal big tits then that makes you a furry so Dawn's fucking batshit. She's just like, I know you want that big fat sheep dick inside of you, you goddamn whore. Every sheep here's gonna raw you. Well, meanwhile, Canada is an adult virgin, I guess. She would not want that. But for the horny drug, they call her her, and Dawn's like calling her a good girl. Of course, it's in an insulting way, but she's like, it makes me feel loved and valid. Then this motherfucker. She decides she's gonna film what's going down for all of Zootopia to see, and I'm a bit unclear what fucking channel do they own that everyone's watching this, or where are they streaming this that people are always watching it? Because people are watching this, apparently. Uh, they get an update, and uh, some people are like, yeah, this candidate groveling on air seems like it's fake, but here's a quote. What will it take to convince them? Her being fucked live on air? She glanced around at the various rams, many concealing their obvious directions behind their hooves. You there, get your dick out and fuck her until she's fucking bad. <laughs> Just the absurdity of you there, get your dick out. I, uh, just the absurdity of that as an order you give to some random subordinate I just I aspire to that level of power that I can just yell you there get your dick out at people <laughs> so oh my god y'all the wolf is broken now it really didn't take that much compared to a lot of the other stuff I've encountered of this nature she barely even fought it so the ram does in fact get his dick out and she is horny for sheep dong so she keeps talking about what a worthless slut she is live on well, this guy screws her. Quote, even as viewers dropped out from disgust, double their number logs on to see her being violated. Man, y'all nasty in Zootopia. 
And the Rams start doing circle jerk, and Dawn's like, I can't take it anymore. I gotta get in on this. So she, in fact, sits on Canada's face. Apparently, the wolf was muzzled this whole time until Dawn decided that she wanted to get eaten out. How was she then delivering all her monologues about worthlessness and sluttiness? I don't understand. Then Dawn has to ask her who she is because it was really that easy to erase her identity. She's a good girl now. She doesn't even know who Councilwoman Cataday is anymore. They're just gonna keep her around this warehouse or whatever the fuck, keep her drugged for all this time. And just high key, this is a crime. I mean, there's plenty of evidence to convict her, I'm sure, considering it was streamed live. So many witnesses. It's videoed. I mean, like, get Judy on this goddamn case. This this bitch crazy. This bitch batshit crazy. So let's take things down in terms of people and animals getting fucking raped. This one just has some bizarre sexual acts in it instead. So Clawhauser, ya boy, he joins the local nudist club because he got replaced by a computer at his desk job. And instead of finding another place to work, he just decided to go to Mystic Springs Oasis because they don't have to worry about taxes or some shit like that. Now, worry about the writing style, especially as it goes on, so many of the sentences end in exclamation points just in the narration not even in the dialogue it's kind of weird but okay uh clawhauser's feeling a bit self-conscious because he's new at the whole walking around naked thing and he also isn't used to seeing everyone else naked so he's maybe staring a little too much and he realizes no he's spending an awful lot of time looking at guys dicks and he has a little gay crisis because you know his penis is kind of confused about what it likes then he happens to run into jerry the elephant who owns the ice cream shop and now apparently lives the nudist life. It's a meat cute. He literally walks into him without seeing him first. Uh, they already kind of know each other because Clawhauser is a frequent customer. Jerry retired because he handed off the shop to some relatives. And they hang out and eventually they're like, hey, uh, let's go check and see what your new room looks like, Clawhauser. And for no fucking reason, he has the most stereotypically romantic looking bedroom ever. Here's a quote. It was actually a pretty nice place with scented candles, darkly lit red lamps on the ceiling, and an enormous bed with a bunch of rose petals spelled p-e-d-d-l-e-s on top of it that was big enough for two exclamation point there's no reason (laughs) there's no reason i don't understand why they had to do that like it could have just been any old bed and they could have fucked that i don't know they they didn't need that to like incentivize them to have sex i don't don't know what's up with that but okay but clauser's upset by his room because he came here all alone but jerry's like hey uh well you got me i think you're kind of cute in fact, uh, maybe I've had some um, uh, fantasies and, you know, us sitting together naked has really cemented those feelings I have. <laughs> and Clawhauser blushes to quote so much that even his butt cheeks got red for a moment. <laughs> Is this possible? I don't care all of it. So this whole time, Jerry's had his trunk around Clawhauser's shoulder, and then he feels what seems like a second trunk on his other shoulder, and do I even need to say it? Well, I'm gonna say it because this quote is wild. What had been resting on his left shoulder 
was Jerry's two feet long, one foot thick, and dark brown member? Exclamation point. On top of that, it wasn't even hard. Exclamation point. It was as flaccid as a dying flower. Exclamation point. Cheese and crackers. Exclamation point. Clawhauser shouted in shock. Exclamation point. We've gotten a lot of monster cocks on this show, but I think this just one. Holy shit, is this guy's ass gonna get pulverized? Also, as flaccid as a dying flower, like, I get what they mean, but do you ever see a wilted flower and think, oh, that's very flaccid? And why did they think that was a good comparison? Did they think that it somehow sounded sexy? And Clawhauser is, like, kind of intimidated and jealous of that monster dick, but Jerry's like, I bet your dick is stronger than mine. Your penis must be so buff from holding up all that belly fat of yours. And Jerry doesn't mean it in, like, an insulting way. Like, he thinks his chubbiness is cute. But I still have questions. Like, it's implying that your dick is a muscle you can work out. And implying that your dick holds up your stomach. Like, when erect, maybe. But does he have a boner that often for it to be a buff dick? Here's another quote. Now that I see both of them together, it really does look like there isn't that much of a difference between them, Clawhauser said. Sounding a lot more confident again. Okay, so, an elephant having a huge cock. Understandable. Elephants are big fucking animals, so it would make sense for them to have big dicks proportional to their bodies. But a cheetah having a two-foot dick. I'm scared now because... Plus, cats have penile spines, so, like, yikes. It later clarifies that Clawhauser has a seven-inch dong, which is a big difference, but maybe they're talking about ratio. So, sex scene. Let's talk about that. Some phrasing specifically. The paws of Jerry. I've never heard an elephant's feet referred to as paws, but okay. Their tongues explored each other's caverns. They're caverns. <laughs> it's 69 time, buddy. Just guys being dudes, just dudes being guys. You know, like, totally nothing gay about us sucking each other's dicks. I mean, it is gay. Like, no one's in denial there, but just buddy. <laughs> Another quote. The feeling of someone chewing on your balls was truly one of the best things that Clawhauser had ever been experienced. Okay, I don't know how it feels to have your balls chewed on, but I imagine that it would be painful and definitely not the best things that you have ever been experienced. And then volleyball-sized testicles. Oh my god. Guys... And it's, the testicles, like, they're in his mouth, too, along with the dick. Like, one of them is in each cheek. Oh, my God. He has really chubby cheeks, right? But still, like, I'm just going to read this next passage, because that's the only way to do it justice, because so much weird shit happens. So many things that have never happened on the bars low happen on the bars low. Without any further warnings, Clawhauser suddenly felt something entering his butt, and all he could do was just to lay there and take it as length after length of trunk was getting transported up into it. Eventually, a total of four feet of elephant trunk had almost magically disappeared from the room, all up a good chunk of Clawhauser's intestines! His intestines! This could have all ended just there. 
if it wasn't that Jerry had a second step to this trick that he called the trumpet, and it involved him to let out a loud blow from his long nose while inside of the cheetah and create such vibrations that it really was shaking up the insides of his partner. For Clawhauser, this was like if someone was giving him a real powerful shake from deep within, and he was so close to just let himself go and come right there and then. But he managed to control himself quite well, and this little treatment got him into a similar mode, as he was now planning his revenge more. Clawhauser tensed all inner muscles he had as he let out a fart with so much power and smell to it, and he managed to make the whole four feet length of the trunk come flying out of him and put his partner into a momentary dizzy spell. That's when the overfed kitty decided to play even more dirty as he grabbed the motionless trunk of Jerry and then shoved his own dick into one of its holes and started fucking it. Once Jerry felt how Clawhauser was pretty much mating with his trunk, there was very little that he could do but to let him do as he pleased. One thing he could do was use all the small muscles that his trunk contained and use them to force Clawhauser's dick into a really tight space, and that's just what he did. But all this did was motivate Clawhauser to go even harder. Oh, Jerry, I'm in so much pleasure. This feels so good. I, I'm, I'm about to. And with a loud growl he came squirting his large and copious (laughs) and copious load and shoving his own seven inch cock all the way in sucking it all in from his nose jerry decided not to be gentle and soft any longer and as he turned clawhauser over and started penetrating his ass with his big elephant cock thanks to him having that long trunk of his butt before clawhauser was ready for the treatment he now got as jerry showed no mercy and did this fully on his own behalf and while not as long as his trunk jerry's cock was a lot thicker and made clawhauser feel how his rectum opening really got stretched out wildly by all the rocking that was sure something i really don't think i have anything to say about whatever i just read uh wow really just wow i haven't seen anything quite like that before it ends pretty soon after that once they both come but yeah that's how it be that's the fic holy shit guys All right, we have one more selection, and here's some real cognitive dissonance right off the bat. This fic is called Childhood Memories, Vor One Shot. Those phrases do not belong together. Oh my god. So apparently Vor is the latest trend in Zootopia, because Judy's been seen around town, on the streets. Like, this cat eats a mouse, and then the cat gets eaten by a crocodile, but shortly after, the cat just comes out and it's fine, and the mouse just comes out of the cat and it's fine. And she asks the crocodile what the deal is, and he's like, that's perfectly safe, Vor is. Just eat some laxatives beforehand, and it's all good. <laughs> I love the logic here. <laughs> Man, I love the logic people use to justify, explain their weird fetishes. Just, it's the latest trend. People are doing it on the streets in front of cops. Apparently, Judy did let a 
fox for her when she was just a wee lass and that fox was nick because they totally had met back then because we all need to see our favorite character's bone no ocs allowed even when it's logical to include them oh well it's not like this is the most logical fic around already and nick in their flashback he's like oh gee i'm, I'm hungry at this here birthday party sometimes my parents vore their prey friends when they're hungry so uh what if i ate you so he asked his parents for laxatives so they can try vor um, i don't think you should be letting your kids do vor supervised or not so they just go back out behind the barn like they're about to do drugs but he just swallows her oh and she's like wow it's so cozy in here your stomach acid definitely isn't dissolving me or anything i think let's just stay in here all night and then it jumps forward another year and they happen to be staying in the same hotel or something and their parents meet but those kids you know they'd be thinking the same thing for yeet in the present day after they've swapped childhood memories they seal the dating deal with another round of war and all i really can say about this is that people are into some weird shit like didn't judy and her family's hate and fear predators when she was a kid i highly doubt that she would have let a fox eat her even if it was just gonna shit her out whole again and let's think about the laxatives assuming that she's not dissolved by stomach acid she still has to go through his intestines to get out of his body body whole in one piece i'm pretty sure that would rupture them and i was gonna say that it wouldn't be pleasant for anyone involved but i can't even claim that with confidence because if you're already so kinky that you want to be in someone's stomach then it's really not a stretch to assume that maybe you'd like to travel through their intestines too personally i think it would just be easier to climb back up through his esophagus she already knows she can fit through there anyway which still doesn't sound very plausible to me because they don't have as much of a size difference between them as a real fox and a real rat it. Vor is fucking weird, okay? I'm sorry, but I'm gonna kink shame you a little if you have Vor fetish. I just, I don't get it at all. Like, at least, like, other fetishes, I, like, I kind of understand, but I don't understand Vor in the least. And I also don't understand why the author felt the need to have them Vor each other as children. Pedophile furry with a Vor fetish? It doesn't exactly feel that way because, you know, being eaten isn't inherently sexual, but maybe, I mean, probably. Well, that was Zootopia porn. I feel like I probably missed a lot. There's just a lot of fic for this fandom, and I couldn't wade through all of it in one go. I want to say that I do another episode on it, but no, I'm probably not going to do that ever, unless I get suggestions. And remember, guys, suggestions are welcome. If you want me to cover a fic, just get in contact with me. But if it's your fic, then like be a good sport about it. If I roast the shit out of it, because that's the risk you assume. And so send me other people's fics, and I'll roast those, and everyone will be happy. Do I need to add? this to the outro now oh well if i start doing that then i don't have to start today because i already said it at this ending so today we covered blood fur and steel by nick wilde and y c k w i l d e sheep thrills by pokemans uh, portmandu of pokemon and romance family ties by michael xx2 crime and punishment by rd87 cry wolf cry by prester underscore john and lovely mayor clawhauser the naturalist by ph0220 and master ink blaster and childhood memories parentheses for one shot and parentheses by jumbo champloon rules the barslow is on instagram you can 
can find us at the bars low with an underscore in between each word follow us you'll know what's coming up next if you want to leave a rating or review on itunes that would be real cool i'm not gonna big you for five stars give me however many damn stars you think i deserve and as always i'm your pal once you get slaughter kiss this is the bars low thank you for joining me and that's all for today